Billiken fans, it's Zach Miller and Peter Hale. This is the Midtown Madness Podcast. Uh, before we get going, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to, to hammer those like and subscribe buttons. Uh, of course, this episode and the whole season of the Midtown Madness is brought to you by Two Men in a Garden. Not only is it Billiken season again, but as we head further into fall, NFL season is back. And, you know, whether... Actually, you know what? College football is too. Because some people in St. Louis... We don't watch the NFL anymore. Um, but uh, what goes great with football on both Saturdays and Sundays? Salsa. Whether you like it mild or hot, chunky or cantina style, the people over at Two Men have you covered. You can pick up their many products at any local grocery store or online at twomeninagarden.com. Follow them on socials at Two Men Salsa on Insta and Twitter. Uh, Pete, uh, the Big Guard episode. Uh, it was great. I had so much fun. I thought, you know, I. It, it's weird sometimes because when you bring in, you know, uh, guests, you don't know what the rapport is going to be. And I thought the rapport between us and uh, Moan was just awesome. Yeah, I agree. I tend to, when we're outlining these things and I get in the notes, I tend to overwrite the questions. Um, it, to Part of that is for my own edification you know like i i want to make sure that i'm not forgetting a detail in a question um but this was a case i think you said it well of ask a question and just kind of let them run with it and yeah. on the fly on the fly we were typing back and forth to each other like all right skip this one skip that one circle back to this one uh trim that one so, so we kind of, you know, we don't have a producer peek behind the curtain here. You guys probably aren't surprised to hear that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but we do, uh, we do make adjustments like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was really good. Uh, I thought he was, he's a great talker, really interesting guy. Um, it, it's interesting to catch him at the relative infancy of this project. It seems yeah. like he's got really big ideas for it. Um, and it sounds like there's a lot of slew content on the way, which is great. I mean, the, the response to that Yuri video has been universally positive. Um, SLU fans have been lapping that up. So I, I can't wait to see what else he's got in store for us. And I love that he's St. Louis based. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, it's just, you, sometimes you just got to let them talk, like let somebody right. talk, let, keep talking. Cause if you're quiet, they'll keep finding new things to talk about. Um, but, and I think our, our listeners really responded and Billiken fans responded to this episode in a big way. You know, our our listens don't change that greatly, not numerically speaking. Uh, we did, but this one did really, really well, especially for not technically in basketball season yet. Mm -hmm. uh, usually it's around 150 to 200. Uh, and, and we got 175 audio, and I'm talking audio only. We got 175 audio only, which is, which is good uh, and normal. But what I really liked is what, what tells me that we're putting out something that people are interested in is how quickly we get up to those numbers. So, like, we had, like, 100 within the first 12 hours mm -hmm. of dropping the show. And I think that really tells me so much more than the numbers. I could care less about how many people listen. Uh, but on, on uh, YouTube, we had about 85, too. So... What I also those are the numbers that I actually do pay attention to when people go to YouTube and, and they watch it. Uh, I think that's that's huge for us because um, it's it's very you know it's it's a smaller demographic that will go to YouTube and watch. 
But yeah, you know, again, thank you to all the listeners and Billiken fans uh, for 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 checking that episode out. If you haven't yet, seriously go back and listen to it. This isn't just me promoting the show. Yeah, this is me saying uh, he put out he put out a great product. Support somebody putting out a great product that's local and covering the Billikens like us. Uh, and go listen to what he has to say because it's super interesting for any and all Billiken fans. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think this also is a signal that people are really uh, excited for this upcoming basketball season. I think uh, anticipation is really high. Uh, practice is now underway and people are people are excited for this season. Yeah. Um, and what a lot of uh, Billiken fans that are golfers are excited about uh, is the new apparel partnership announced uh, by St. Louis University Athletic Department? Uh, Pete, who's the next uh, the next merch brand to, to join the squad? Yeah, so the next partnership that that SLU is doing, um, as you know, they've done Arch Apparel, they've done uh, uh, what, what? Help me out, Zach. The Nike uh, replica jerseys uh, yeah, for Nike. the first time. Uh, they did uh, Arch Apparel, Ho- uh, Home, Home Field. Field. Yeah, so, uh, so- the slides. The, yeah, the that's shoes. right. So, so, so in the last year, Slew has really branched out in, in its apparel offerings. This one is Peter Millar. And for those not familiar, bear with me. This is just four sentences. It's uh, not a mixture of our two names, by the way. No, it's <laughs> that did not occur to me. It's close. It's close, but it's AR. Um, uh, but anyway, P- Peter Millar was founded in 2001 with a single cashmere sweater through this initial car. <laughs> I know through this initial <laughs> garment and ethos emerged to embody luxury elegance and a dedication to superior craftsmanship. Today, the brand has grown to include luxury performance sportswear, seasonal resort apparel, refined tailored clothing and sartorial accessories. Each offering features the finest raw materials and fabric innovations while utilizing the world's best yarn spinners, artisanal workshops and highly specialized factories. Um, <laughs> Basically, Pete, this, this, I'm gonna need you to uh, to uh, define sartorial for me. Use it, use it in a in another sentence, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, define that would be what uh, 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 relating to clothing. Um, so so yeah. They, oh my, that's so pretentious. But, so so basically, this is golf clothes. Yes. To just like put it in the in the <laughs> most concise terms possible, this is like. Like high end, I, I don't well, I don't know. I don't know what's high end and I'm not a golfer. But um they uh they do a lot of partnerships with college conferences yes. or um you know individual colleges. You can go to their website and I'm just gonna you know click on the ACC. Uh I'll see what they have for um like Notre Dame here, and you're gonna find quarter zip pullovers, um, you know, a, a woven belt. Um, you're going to find a lot, a, a couple like crew neck pullovers, a lot of golf shirts to give you an idea, just a, just a golf, a regular things you would see in the Grove at Ole Miss. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's right. I, I, I think Southern country club is kind of the, the idea, or I guess maybe any country club. Um, but, but it's also like, as, as I read the description on there about us, like what they're all about, you could tell they're going to charge you a little bit of money for yeah. this stuff. Like a, like a, uh, you know, a quarter zip is going to run 165 or so. Um, a golf shirt, a regular like polo style golf shirt, is going to be about 120 to 140. 
Um, so this is definitely like, they kind of know who their market is here. Like if you, I guess they, they figure people who golf probably have some expendable income. And uh, I, I know people, friends of mine, I guess who play golf or like to look like they play golf who swear by this stuff. Like they, they absolutely yeah. love these. So this definitely has its audience, even if, um, even if, if it's not necessarily me. One of the neat little like kind of random things on their website is if you go to like find your team and A, the Billikens will be the first Atlantic 10 team. Uh, but all of the logos are like, they're like vectored patches. It, they're, they're all patches like the logos like instead of just like like just a I don't even know what the regular version would be called instead of just a regular logo the logo has like uh, uh, texture it's it's patch sure. texture it's super it's just kind of a cool little thing that didn't like it's a little subtle addition that says hey we you know we're right. luxurious uh, I think the I'm looking at Creighton obviously because I think uh, we kind of, you know, are on the same plane as them as far as uh, the type of people that go to the school, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the alumni base is similar, I think, in a lot of ways as far as, you know, I mean, we're, the, we're both Catholic schools, right? Sure. Um, and there's, you know, there's these hoodies, there's like the Creighton Pine Performance hoodie looks like something I'd be interested in, the the lava wash hoodie their hoodies are nice I, I i really like them i don't know if they're 165 dollars nice but uh i i'm gonna have to figure that out yeah uh, but it, it it is very funny just to, the, the the whole peter millar uh ethos yeah uh, is is pretty funny just their the way they're branding themselves so I, I do I do want to point out that we are technically not the first A10. Mm. Um, if you're looking by conferences, you don't see the A10. But if you go to their to their website, go to the game day tab and go to all teams. Whoops. And you'll find that um, that VCU, mm. uh, George Washington, Davidson, and Dayton are on there as well. And I'm looking to see if anybody else is. Um, so we're not the first in the A10. It looks like we'll be first half. Um, yeah, that it looks like we'll be about fifth um, in the league. But regardless, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of other college stuff in there. And if you're looking at Davidson and Dayton, I mean, there are, gosh, I mean, for Davidson, I think I just counted 21 different items. For Dayton, I'm counting 22. So there's pretty good variety here. Yeah. Um, you know, like some of the other rollouts we've done have been smaller uh, lines than this. So if, if we can expect kind of a similar number here i mean you look for about you know possibly up to 20 different things once we get going with them that's a gets a cool like three thousand dollars <laughs> if you buy the whole lot yeah <laughs> that's uh, a good point uh, but so, hey you know that's that's cheaper than a country club membership so you can look the part without uh <laughs> without paying for it uh on a more charitable note i guess we'll call it charity i don't know um SLU is hosting the Getter in the Game fundraiser at 5 p.m. on October 13th at Lorenzini's. Now, I always remember this being the Getter in the Game luncheon, but it seems like it's more of a dinner this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete, uh, why don't you kind of run uh, run us down what exactly this entails? 
Yeah, so it is more of a dinner this time around. They're having it at 5 p.m. on the 13th, and that'll be immediately followed by Slew Women's Soccer hosting Rhode Island, which is a seven o'clock game. Um, so they're they're rolling one event into another, which is pretty cool. Um, but this is a fundraiser to support athletic scholarship to opportunities for female student athletes at SLU specifically. Um, you can go, it's a $75 registration fee. Um, and then for anything that they raise um, in, in the fundraising section, uh, the first $25,000 do have an anonymous um donor that's matching every dollar up to uh, up to the first 25,000. So you can go to the official website, slewbillikins.com. You'll see a, a, a link on their homepage and uh, you can register there if you're interested. Pete, is this like a national like brand get her in the game or is it, is this like just a slew thing? That is a, um, that's a good question. And a quick Google search reveals that it's pretty much a slew thing. That's interesting. Um, I just, yeah, I just, it actually it's a cool the, brand. Like the branding is, seems a lot like, like way better than something that like you would put together. I don't know. It just, yeah. I, I like it, but yeah, literally the first Google result is, um, slew athletics. So yeah. Um, and then other than that, it leads to like different gaming website links. So I probably think I'm looking for something else. But yeah, it seems to be a slew specific uh, event, but pretty cool fundraiser nonetheless. And um, at the very least, you know, 75 bucks and then you head to the uh, women's soccer game right after. Uh, Pete, are we talking about practice? Practice, yes. We're talking about practice, not a game. <laughs> not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice because practice is officially underway. The first one was held on the 30th of September, Pete, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're under, I think, 45 days now. Yeah, we're within the the new rule. I think it's 42 days from your first uh, your first game, but you have to take so many of those, like you can't practice on every single day. You get to practice a certain amount of days out of that first one. But regardless, we're within the window now. Everybody's basically started practice in the last uh, three or four days. Um, and it's really exciting to, to, to see them in full practice mode again. Um, social, you know, it's definitely a fun time of year to watch social media and kind of over scrutinize every single player and what he's doing. And um, not a whole lot of information so far. I think Stu Durando gave us a few tidbits. Uh, one that Kellen Thames probably won't be a backup point guard, but might be playing more of a forward. Um, and then what do you he's make still it growing. Out? You know, I think it's pretty interesting. I think they're determining, like, they think he's still growing. They think he's, I mean, he's already six and a half feet tall. And if he's going to be six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, something like that, I, I think they'd kind of do have to look at, uh, at more of a forward role for him. But I love it because, you know, his whole career, he's built out more of a guard skill set. So uh, he has matchup problem written all over him. And I, I can't wait to see how he evolves. But we, we, we all know he's a really lean, um, young player at this point. So uh he he's gonna have to build out his frame for sure but regardless i mean that's yeah, i think it's pretty exciting um pete one thing that i think has been overlooked or maybe forgot about with having the two open practices and scrimmages i guess open scrimmages is uh billiken madness or midnight madness or whatever you want to call it uh the first the it used to be the first practice uh now it's just kind of a uh, almost just an open practice with a little more fanfare. Mm -hmm. um, 
Are you hearing anything about potentially having one of these this year? Um, whispers that there will be something, um, but I, but I, you know, nothing, nothing concrete yet. Um, it's just one of those things I would tell people to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I don't know if you're hearing anything more than that. No, but I think I, I think with uh, the uh, the the excitement, uh, every people are looking forward to seeing the team. You've got Yuri Collins, uh, who you know you know Perkins coming back. You got all these things that are these storylines. It would be a shame to not try to harness that excitement in a in a in a practice, uh, a, you know, a Billiken Madness type situation. I would be surprised. I mean, I don't know what form it will take, but I would be surprised if they don't have something at least at least one more thing uh, for fans to come out and check them out at least once. I, I'd be surprised. I'm, I I don't know either way, but um, I would expect something. We're just a couple of MBMs. Uh, what, do, what do we know? I know, uh, Pete. In your realm, uh, recruiting uh, offers new offers are out for 2024. Yeah, and I really like both of them. Actually, I think. Uh, just at a high level, I wouldn't expect to see a lot more 2023 offers anytime soon. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've got a handful out right now. I don't know how committable any of them are, but on paper, because we have so many upperclassmen who are technically eligible to come back for another year um, or more, I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more activity in the fall in that class. Uh, just to kind of like set people's expectations. I think they're, they're, they really want to wait and see till the spring who's coming back, who's not, how many scholarships do we actually have to work with? Because if you book up your last scholarship right now and you don't know what you've got in the spring, it kind of gives you a not a whole lot of flexibility with that 2023 class. So, um, so that's just one thing to keep an eye on. So 2024 is where we're seeing the activity now. First offer was to a guy named Ebrahim Kaba, uh, who's a six-seven wing out of New Jersey. He goes to Gill St. Bernard's High School, uh, private school up there. He played this AAU season with New Jersey Roadrunners. He considers himself a shooting guard at six-seven, um, which at his size, I mean, that that makes him a real matchup problem at both ends. He's a good scorer. He can create for himself, create for his teammates. He's got a nice-looking shot and has NBA range on it. Um, SLU actually offered him on the same day as Florida Gulf Coast. His only offer before that was Lafayette. So this is another case of SLU being in on him early um, in terms of offers. But there's a lot more schools kind of uh, buzzing around right now, showing interest in him. Um, so so he's got a big opportunity to make a leap this season. The other one's to a guy named Lathan Somerville. Um, he's a 2024 big man from uh, the Skill Factory Prep School in Georgia, although he transferred down there from Peoria, Notre Dame. Uh, Peoria is where his parents are from. He mostly grew up in Europe because his dad played pro ball over there, his dad being Marcellus Somerville. Some SLU fans will recognize that name uh, from his Bradley playing days. His mom is Brooke, Pe um, Brooke Petty, was her maiden name, played at Illinois State. So he's 6'10", 240, really big, broad uh, guy. Um, but growing up mostly in Europe, he has a lot of that kind of Euro big uh, flair to his game. So you'll kind of see him shoot like a like a floater in the mid range or a fadeaway or something like that. He can kind of shoot the three a little bit. He kind of passes out of the mid high post, a really unique player because he's so big and beefy can bang down low. And then he's got those little kind of finesse things in the mid range game. Um, we, Slew is not necessarily in early 
on this one because he's, he's got offers from Xavier, Rutgers, Mizzou, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, SMU, Bradley, UC Davis. Um, but nonetheless, he's got a ton of interest. And I think, um, you know, he's, he's even though he's prepping at, at down in Georgia, he's a Peoria kid. And, and I think SLU's got to recruit the area. Um, and then a guy like this is a really unique player. So I love the offer. Um, there was a nice little article on uh, Francis Okoro uh, heading into this season. Uh, Pete, did you did you get a chance to read this? And, and what would you think? No, you know, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So why don't you give us uh, give us your summary? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I my reading comprehension has taken a hit since I graduated college. But uh, I uh, I thought it was really nice. It was interesting. I didn't know that his parent, his mom has never seen him play. Like in any form, any way, shape or form, which blows my mind. I, I remember hearing that or something like that when he was at Oregon um, or when, when we were talking about him as a transfer. But I had. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah, it's I mean, it kind of is on that same like believability scale of like Hassan French never lifting weights before college. Like yeah. that, that like right. I, I don't like it's just wild that you like. It's funny that we're talking about it like that because, what, 10 years ago, we struggled to find streams for away non-conference games? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and now we're, like, hemming and hawing that uh, somebody hasn't watched their kid play in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, I think we, I, we always have to keep that in mind with these international players, you know, like who come over here, even for, like he did, for high school and everything, like – just how much they're giving up to pursue this. Um, I, I, I think that's just a level of, of like sacrifice and being out of your comfort zone that we can probably take for granted. I think one of the things that went maybe unnoticed, especially by me last season, was the emergence of Okoro. Uh, what did you see in him from last year that, that improved greatly by year's end? So... I, I think it was just his consistency more than anything else. I mean, I, I think he got healthier and stronger as the year went on. And, and I, I'm, you know, hearing going into this year that he's calling himself 100% for the first time in a while. Um, you know, people might forget that he did after or like he, he had a couple nagging That's injuries at Oregon. Out. Yeah. And then had he was in a car accident and, and was was hurt. And uh, yeah, that's right. That's why he sat out a year. Uh, he opted to, even though he could have been eligible right away um, before. Um, that's why he sat a year and played last season. I, I, I really think it was just a consistency though, Zach. I mean, watching him in the beginning of the year, um, it, it was clear he was still kind of learning the system, getting comfortable. And by the end of the year, you see him doing all of those little things. One of the fun things, like I'll, I'll take it back to that big guard video. Um, watching how often Okoro immediately got into position to seal off the lane for Yuri or another guard going to the to the lane. He, he really knows how to do a lot of those little things down the stretch in conference play that you might not see as much in, in non-conference. Um, and, and when you're a big and it's not the it's not the glamour position anymore, you know, this is a, it's it's become more of a guards game, more of a perimeter game. And when you're a traditional center like him, you've got to do all those little things to make yourself that more value, that much more valuable. And um, that, that's really what I saw from him as the year went on. It was just like, you could just kind of bank on him as like kind of a, 
10 and eight guy who does all the little things to help out his teammates and he hits free throws which i i will never <laughs> take for granted for a big man uh i i'm listening to you talk about Okoro and and finally being healthy and uh, all, all that good stuff and and what i'm hearing is a conklin summer because i think what people forget about conklin and, and of course i love the myth of like or sure. the pseudo myth of the Conklin summer that he just worked so damn hard and, and improved his game. But if you recall, he was hurt the year before that Conklin summer. Mm. Like, and, and so, I mean, that's what I'm hearing now is that, you know, he came back and he was, uh, Conklin was healthy going into a senior season after having that, I think he had high ankle issues is what I remember. Or yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and, and then he comes in his senior year and he's perfectly healthy. And then he obviously, uh, had, had a great year. So I think, I think this is a candidate for Conklin summer. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I, and I think I'm, I'm hoping that the, the main thing that I want to see him, well, not, I don't know if this is the main thing, but one of the kind of like sneaky important things is cutting down on his fouls mm-hmm. um when i'm looking at his game log right now and you really do see his points increase over the course of the year um, you do see his rebounding production in the last month month and a half is really nice um but i i do see a lot of like four three four four three three four five you know like he's he fouls a lot <laughs> and, and, and I'm hoping part of that is just a guy who is maybe getting a little tired, um, who is maybe trying to cut corners a little bit, who can be a little more solid, a little more straight up and down, a little more patient, um, and all of the things that you need to be to not get in foul trouble. Um, I really hope that's a, a, a point of focus for him this off season and this, you know, this, now that we're in practice season heading into the, to the year. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I'm missing, but that's kind of, that's a really key thing for me with him this year, because, you know, he's, he's our number one guy at the five. Yeah. I'm excited to see how he, how he progresses. And, and the, the idea that he's completely healthy is, is very exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, I joke a lot on this podcast that I really don't know anything. Uh, (laughs) uh, my knowledge base is like apparel and like I know enough to be dangerous about every sport we talk about uh, but one thing I really know absolutely nothing about is NFTs yeah and uh, what came out this past week was that Yuri Collins uh, has inked a deal with uh, basically a, a, an NFT a digital collective NIL deal uh, or collectible not collective I apologize um, I t- do you have any freaking clue what this is? I, I because I, I see NFT or I see crypto, and I mean I'm not saying it's like uh, like uh, I I don't even want to say because I don't want to tie it to Yuri because that's 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 not that's not fair to Yuri because I just don't know. It's so I I think probably um for old people like me, the, the, the way to think about it is like a digital trading card. And, um, there's a, you know, so a it's lot like of a pe- Pokemon kind of, yeah. And a, a lot of people <laughs> joke like, well, can't I just right click and save? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm committing a heist. 
there there is sort of a a, there there is like another layer of tech to it that makes it a little more complicated than that and you know these these were um these are a little bit uh different if you they you buy one and you might get something else in the mail and you might get access to like a lot of nfts now are not just about the non-fungible token digital image or whatever you're buying but they're about what else does that unlock like sometimes it's the ability to buy concert tickets first if you buy this justin bieber nft before anybody else says there's it's branched out into so many different things very quickly i don't know a whole lot about this world i kind of stay out of it um i do uh, have a, yeah yeah i do have a friend who bought a couple of them and you know for like 30 dollars and and bought a, a new macbook with the proceeds of the you know the change in value over the course of like three weeks he basically bought it cheap cashed out a two grand bought a macbook and went on his way good for him it doesn't always work out like no that. well he, okay so here's what i'll say and i think i i think it goes with like again i'm not a financial advisor and you should totally not take any financial advice from me or from any influencer <laughs> on the internet just saying that before we get going yeah uh but what I've heard, what I've been told, uh, or what I've watched on YouTube about these is if, if it's like going to the casino, man, just like, if you're not comfortable with that $30 never coming back to you, like, don't. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, the, or whatever, uh, if, if you're not comfortable with that, the amount coming, like if you're comfortable with letting it go, like, yeah, sure. If that's really what you want, but like. Don't buy, don't get into this kind of stuff with the expectation of profit. I think that's right. And I think in this case, if you're going to buy one of these, do it because you're a fan of his and want something unique that like you have. So to, to kind of explain what he's got here, Verified Inc. is the name of the company. I've seen a lot of college athletes roll these out um, in the past few weeks. And what he's selling is called an AR card, an augmented reality card. Um, personally designed by Yuri. So I think a lot of them like, rather than just being an image, it's like a series of images. Um, they say that eight, the, on from their website, it says 80% plus of the proceeds go directly to him. I don't know what would make it 80 or 85 or whatever. I don't know, but that's how they worded it. <laughs> What's the plus? I, don't, I think that's so weird. Yeah, I know. So, but at least 80%. Um, so there's an extended edition uh, there's a hundred available for twenty. Is there a holographic Charizard? Um, you, you know, now you're getting into something. Maybe my son. Uh, that, was Poke, that was Pokemon. Yeah, that he's was just Pokemon. got. He's just getting into Pokemon. It's really annoying. But um, I'm so sorry, my condolences. Uh, yeah, yeah. Please, I, this is where I come to get away from Pokemon right now. Um, so, <laughs> so there's there's an extended edition, a hundred available for twenty dollars each, and out of this, eighty four of them are called common, twelve are called rare, and four are legendary. Um, I so mean, the, I mean, they just stole that directly from Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, or, or like just that's trading literal, cards. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's from like you know, like upper deck tops. Yeah, to, yeah, they like have to. Yeah. Clear, where where you have like more limited cards that pop up every once in a while. Same principle. Um, there's also a launch edition with ten for a hundred dollars each. On the website, it's grayed out, so I'm assuming either these sold out already, or maybe it unlocks when the others sell out. Um, I don't know, but. It says there's 10 available for 100 each and those are you know more limited so um you know if you know anything about this this world 
if you're a Yuri fan, might be something worth looking into. If you you put in, uh, just Google Yuri Collins Verified Inc. and it'll pop up. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to poke around it, with. It but, is. It is. Yeah. And I think I think it's funny because we, we've literally had documentaries come out in the last, like, two years talking about the, the sports card market and how it just absolutely, the like, it just is not, it doesn't exist. Like they, they yeah, it's everything, some really there's big no waves. values. Like they've made so many cards, and I think it's interesting that they're trying to maybe uh, recreate the the original idea of trading cards, mm-hmm. but like in a digital platform. So yeah, um, it's interesting, and, and I I would say go take check it out. Just go check it out. Uh, I can't say buy or not because um, that's not my decision. Uh, but uh, yeah, go check it out. Support Yuri just by even going to look at it. Um, on the women's basketball side, practice also uh, officially underway. They started uh, on the first of October. Uh, more importantly, though, with the recent um, uh, weather events down in Florida, the the Gulf Coast Showcase may have uh, some hurdles to to jump over. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is not we're we're not pretending like this is the most important thing uh, that that is that is fallout. No, we're telling you, we're telling you 100 percent it is. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, this this Gulf Coast showcase that was going to start that well, that will start with SLU playing Baylor in the first round, you know, has a bunch of great SLU is going to get some really good competition in this thing. Um, It's scheduled for Thanksgiving week in Estero, Florida. And if you know anything about florida um that's and we right. found out which we found out i don't yeah <laughs> this is right across uh the river from fort myers basically and that was like that's right where the eye of the hurricane hit um hertz arena where the event's going to be held uh was was a site for evacuees in the area to go get somewhere where they could stay dry and have access to you know water and electricity and stuff like that but even that place um, wound up with leaks in the roof. Um, so there's there hasn't been any official word on what's going to happen with the event yet. Um, it is under two months away. So this is just kind of something to keep an eye on because of the level of just devastation in that immediate area. Um, it, it's going to be, at the very least, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult to yeah. stage this event than it would have been before. Uh, whether it comes to transportation accommodations everything like that and it's not you know you look at the website of this event and it's beaches and palm trees and everything looks perfect sunsets and sunrises and everything and um it just no matter what is not going to look like that when they're down there in a couple months assuming the event is still held there and uh, in the time that it's supposed to be so something to keep an eye on on the women's uh on the women's side and, and and hopefully they can get this event together in in one you know way, shape, or form, and it's just one of many, many, many ripple effects of uh, of this hurricane. Yeah, it would be nice if they could maybe if they get this event to go off without a hitch. That you know maybe have the teams do a little community community work, or you know I don't know, get out and and help in some way in that community. I know it's yeah. kind of a weird subject given that it's not like a pro team and it's you know college kids and all that good stuff but uh sure hertz arena i believe is the uh home of the florida everblades uh and it's i think it's more of like um it's not like a like a scott trade more of a 
or an enterprise center, more of a like a family arena type place or a shaped size arena. Okay, so like a more of like a ten thousand, yeah, r- yeah, rather than a, a twenty thousand, yeah, yeah, like a like a a, a hockey a, and like indoor arena football type, sure, type place. But uh, yeah, um, speaking of football, Pete, you know it goes great with football. What goes great with football is... actually goes great with hockey too, because hockey season's back as well. That's right. That's right. Well, it's it's salsa, and if if you're like me and you miss your hometown team, like the the Blues, which are you know about to start up, and by the way, baseball playoffs. I think I'm mm-hmm. even more excited about those right Ooh, now. Ooh, you know it's it's red too. Salsa. <laughs> uh, you're going okay. You're going one connection too far there. I think. <laughs> but. Uh, the, the thing that I love is because, you know, I was reminded the last couple of weeks just grabbing a salsa from, um, you know, my local grocery store shelves. It's always kind of a, I've never really settled on one that I love, one that I'm happy with. Um, and I have to remind myself that uh, even though I'm not in St. Louis, Two Men in a Garden has nine dollar flat rate shipping anywhere in the continental U.S. And um, if you know anything about what's going on with shipping rates these days. Um, I would take advantage of that if I were you. $9 flat rate shipping is a big deal because it is costing an arm and a leg to ship anything anywhere anymore. So, um, you know, get on their website if you're not local and uh, go go to town, honestly. Uh, That's a great shipping rate and you're going to get something that's probably better than what you're going to find at your local grocery store. So that is at twomenandagarden.com. Uh, Pete, the women's soccer team continues to absolutely light the world on fire, or at least light the A-10 on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just continue to roll. Uh, number 11 in the United Soccer's coaches poll, eight by College Soccer News, nine by Top Drawer Soccer. Pete, this team. Yeah, yeah, they, you, you know, you know, if you listen to us that we love them, but it's funny these rankings now because they've reached that 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 height where you're not rewarded every time you win necessarily, you know, they they win twice and they drop a spot in the coaches poll, dropped a spot in the top drawer soccer poll, and they jumped a spot in college soccer news. Uh, so those eight and nine rankings flipped. Um, and the coaches poll, they went from 10th to 11th. And and honestly, this week, you know, playing George Mason, who's a bottom half a 10 team. Um, even beating them. I don't know if that's an, you know, that's probably not enough. It's probably not, they're not going to drop much, go up much. They're just kind of where they are for the time being. Uh, but Zach, this was a fun one. Um, three, nothing against George Mason. And I think it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. This, I mean, first of all, I would put spring in or not spring fall in St. Louis, uh, up against any weather anywhere in the continental United States. Uh, absolutely gorgeous day on campus. Uh, 3-0 win against George Mason. Uh, this game wasn't even close. I mean, they were just screwing around with George Mason after a while. I mean, there was a, there was maybe a five-minute like, like, length of time where it, it was like watching the Globetrotters play the Generals. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they were, they were nutmegging. They were running around i mean it was just insane this was an absolute shit kicking from the opening whistle uh scoring got started in the seventh minute caroline kelly from emily grork and and anna lawler uh grork passed it from the end line to lawler at the edge of the goal box 
absolute cheeky flick on. I actually thought it was Grork uh, who made the flick, but uh, it was just, I think it was announced weird in in, uh, in person. Uh, and and it, it found Kelly wide open in the box. Just a gorgeous goal. Uh, yeah. 33rd minute, Hannah Sawyer from Emily Gavey. Uh, Slew had a goal called off right before this one, and it, it should have been a goal. Uh, Pete, uh, it was hard to see in person. Kind of run down. Was this uh, Carson? Was it Carson Cole who had the the, the header? Um, I, I can't remember who actually had it. And of course, it doesn't it doesn't show up in the box score, you know, because it's called off. But I think yeah. it was her. So there's a header, and they called it off. I think they said it went off her arm. I didn't have the volume up on 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 my feed. I was trying to get ready for actually my son's soccer game. Um, but uh, on the replay, it looked like. So she went up to head it and her arm was right behind her head and it was a clean header. It just was an awkward angle. And the, the line referee called it uh, a, like off her arm, a handball. They See, called it off. I thought they called off side on it. Uh, but the ball, like when it hit the post and then hit the goalies back and then in. That, that's right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that's exactly what happened. It hit the post and hit off the goalie and, and ricocheted back, like just trickled back into the net. So it wasn't the cleanest. Um, but I, I could have sworn it was the arm that they, because like on the, on the replay, that's what they kept going back and forth on. Um, they were really, really slowed it down. Like as she, she jumped up. I mean, um, I, I actually have not read the recap on this game. I don't know if they cover it there necessarily. Maybe I, I could be wrong on what it was, but that's really on the replay, what they were emphasizing, um, on, on why that was called off. And, uh, to me, that was, that was a goal um it, it didn't go off her arm um but i don't know i mean so, somebody correct us uh correct me if i'm wrong on that one yeah um, I, I mean it, it's a goal regardless at the well, end yeah, of the I day mean, yeah i i think i think that next goal was scored what 20 seconds it was, after that yeah happened? it was right off the, it was the, almost the free kick right so so it, it it almost didn't even matter you know we like if if the first one counted we wouldn't have even had time to score the second one uh by the time it happened um so anyway so it, i guess in the end it all it all worked out uh but it it's uh it was kind of a shame the first one got called off uh 84 81st minute uh jess pricer uh cross was cut off by the goalkeeper uh but was that she was unable to corral the ball pricer banged it home the rebound uh and talk about the goalkeeper for george mason peter uh how many shots in this game for the pelicans well, okay, just to, to start out, she had 16 saves to one at the other end. So Piracelli had one save on the day to 16. So this girl was busy. Um, 42 Billiken shots, Zach. 42, that's a season high, and that's five short of the single-game record of 47. Um, that's hard to do. Like, I, like when you think about a 90-minute game um, – and, and actually, is that single game record? Is that from a regulation game, or is that an I overtime? I believe game? it is. I I, 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 I would, think it's I would, uh, UT Martin. I want to say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, thinking that through, you wouldn't go to overtime with a team you're getting off that many shots with. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's probably a stat that goes back to those early days of the program. Um, yeah. I, I think they they put a 12 of win on somebody at one point. Um, and I think it was you. That was you, T. Martin. I don't think it was the. Um, I don't think. Okay, shots. Uh, well, actually, that was a. 
Uh, Herman Stadium record. Today was a Herman Stadium record. Wow. Uh, 40 was the OG record, or the last record, uh, set against Bonaventure in 2021 and Rhode Island in 2018. Uh, and then game records, uh, shots, 47 against Western Illinois in on uh, October 12, 1997. Wow. So, yeah, uh, so, so there you go. The program's in its like second season at that point. Yes, uh, which which so. means which means most women's soccer programs are in their infancy, um, so you wind up with crazy stats. So, um, forty-two Billiken shots, one for George Mason. Now they kind of made a count; they did put it on goal. So it's only nineteen to one in shots on goal, eleven to one in corners, uh, and then, like I said before, Mason's keeper had sixteen saves to one by Slew. Um, fouls Mason had fourteen to Slew's nine. Again, Zach, though, I mean, like. This could have been four or five at halftime. It could have been a lot worse in the second half. This uh, we we talked about this before. As as dominant a performance as this is, as much as they were just kind of toying with a team that they outclassed in every single regard, uh, three nothing's kind of a pedestrian score for uh, for just how how many shots they had in this game. That's just they're they're not an efficient scoring team. I think. Uh, I think I texted you at one point they could use Larson's yes. kind of cl clinicality and in, in, of finishing up there, but they don't have her right now. Um, regardless, I mean this was a, a whooping, but but man, I, it was it's kind of a, a lot more fun when you see a result like that Missouri State game earlier this year that was seven nil. Um, and, and Hannah Larson, uh, I, I I don't think we have mentioned it. Uh, one of my sources uh, said that they do expect her to be back at some point. Okay. Um, it's not a, you know, season ender from what I understand. Well, and there's, it's definitely a situation where if she's going to come again, back, not speculating here, yeah, we're, I'm yeah. giving but, you, but that's the kind of, you don't want to speed up her timeline so that she can play against George Mason, you no. know, like, like <laughs> they've got, um, and we'll get into this, but they, they do have a couple teams in this conference that are a lot yes. tougher and, and, uh, you, you're going to want her healthy for those and not necessarily the bottom of the conference uh we mentioned the stats uh 19 shots on goal for the billikens one for george mason uh, 11 corners for the billikens one for george mason uh 14 fouls for george mason nine for slew uh saves george mason 16 slew one uh coming up next is umass on sunday the 9th uh second straight week with a full week of rest between games uh, Pete, run us down the standings uh, since we're in A10 play now. So, interestingly enough, Slew's 5-0, and and they're technically in second place in the league right now because Dayton has played an extra game. Dayton is 6-0. and They're 12-1-1 and overall. And interestingly enough, and I checked this before we started recording because I wasn't quite sure, um, Dayton is not ranked in any of the polls. So, 12-1-1 and and 6-0 and in conference, and yet, um, they're, they're not getting any national attention for it. It's, I guess it's one of those things where they kind of snuck up on people. Um, their tie is against Toledo and their loss is to Ohio State, um, which was a 4-0 loss. So there might be kind of a strength of schedule thing going on here where maybe they, they, they I know they haven't played quite the schedule SLU has, but it's, it's, a, it's a team you can't overlook. Um, when they're when they've got that kind of record and and these two teams are, are pretty much running away with the conference because after slew you've got vcu at 3-0 and 2 
Um, UMass at three, one and two, Fordham at three, one and one. Davidson and Duquesne are tied at three, two and one. St. Joe's has one win, no losses and four ties. True. Uh, yeah, which is weird. A lot of sister Lo- kissing in that one. Loyola, Chicago, oh, two, cool. two and three. Uh, GW and Rhode Sorry, Island. Sorry, brother kissing. Okay, there you go. Jesus. GW and Rhode Island are both 03 and 3. Um, GW actually lost to Dayton 6 0 last week. Um, LaSalle's 1 and 4. George Mason is now 03 and 2, just like Richmond. And then Bonaventure's bringing up the uh, the tail with a record of 05 and 1 in conference. Now, overall records, most of them are pretty pedestrian, kind of middle of the road, a lot of kind of 500 ish teams. Mm-hmm. Davidson is 10, two and one, but both of, both of their losses and their tie have come in conference. So um, they were, they were undefeated on a week non-conference schedule, basically. I think uh, so that's almost the opposite of that. Um, Four, seven and one out of conference. But that's right. They're sitting at yeah. uh, three, one and one, which it depends on who they played. Honestly, again, yeah. it all, it all depends on who you play and, and in what time you can look good in the front of the season and then look terrible by the end of the season yeah i mean the bottom line is it's coming down to slew and dayton yes um and, and mark uh, your calendars folks it's going down october 16th in dayton yeah unfortunately dayton. for 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 you know st louis fans that's not a home game um we we really it's it's crazy there are only five regular season games left and um the next one like we said umass on sunday the 9th is on the road then SLU plays three out of the four last games at home. And like we said a couple of weeks ago, um, these are all the, the games thereafter. All of the A-10 games are at campus sites. Uh, so if SLU can beat Dayton, they're probably going to lock up home field for that A-10 uh, championship. And Dayton on October 16th would be their last road game for a long time, including maybe into the a- a- NCAA tournament, depending on how things go there. Um, so they have a chance to really lock up home field for a long time if they can um, if they can take care of business the rest of the way in conference here. Uh, let's look at the men's soccer team. Uh, don't look now, but uh, they're now 4-0-1 in their last five games, Pete. Yeah, you love to see it after a rocky start. You know, they played a tough schedule too. I think it's a, a schedule that wound up being maybe a little harder than we even realized it was going to be, but um, it's also a team that lost a lot of their scoring punch, lost a lot of their star power and completely kind of reconfigured um, the roster. But um, but regardless, things are starting to come together, I think, Zach. And uh, they got a nice 2-1 win over a former conference rival in Marquette on Tuesday night. Yeah, 48th minute, the scoring is opened by Johnny Klein, uh, redirected a low centering pass. Uh, 63rd minute, uh, Marquette got it back. Uh, Abdul Kareem Pare, somewhat of a carbon copy of the Klein goal on this one. Low centering pass and directed into the back of the net. Uh, 72nd minute, goalkeeper comes out, punches away a corner kick. John Klein with an absolute cracker of a right foot volley on this one, Pete. Yeah, I love this shot. And, and it's one, it was, uh, there was a lot of traffic in the box. And from the side, it didn't look like he necessarily crushed this ball um but he did like zach said i mean it was a, it was a clean volley and um and he found a way to get it through and and yeah two ones uh slew's got the slew's got the win both goals off of johnny klein's foot and it's so funny to see him go from the nation's leader in assists 
over to uh over to a goal scorer yeah he's he's his role has really evolved and uh and that's been fun to watch this season uh shots were marquette nine slew eight shots on goal marquette four slew three fouls 19 to 10 slew but marquette had three yellows to slews too really a close game in this one not much separating these two teams other than the goal no, and I find that uh, to be pretty common if you're just looking at the stats in these yeah. men's games this year. 2-1 uh, win to open up conference play against Loyola on Saturday, October 1st. Uh, a little bit of a nervy start for the Billikens in the 14th minute, Pete. Yeah, Oscar Dueso got one for Loyola, and this wound up being the only goal of the first half. Um, Slew just was kind of having having a little bit of trouble getting uh, any momentum going in this one. And, uh, yeah, conceded the early goal. Uh, 47th minute, C.J. Coppola, uh, assisted by Seth Anderson. Anderson got in deep on the left side, let his pass go from just inside the box. Coppola lunged, towards, lunged forward to finish in traffic. Uh, 61st minute, Johnny Klein again. Uh, he got credit for this one. Well, okay, so fine. He got yeah. credit for it, but it's an own goal. Uh, yeah, and he, not just is, an own goal. This is... This is uh this was wonderful, Peter. This is <laughs> I I played this for my wife. Uh she like so I was watching because all of a sudden you texted me, somebody else texted me. I guess everybody was on Twitter at once on, on Saturday night or something. And and I was actively watching it as people were um were tweeting at me. My wife was getting our daughter back down to sleep. She comes down and I'm like, you gotta see this. And she we she made me play it three times in a row because she was laughing so hard i i don't i haven't seen a and a like you call it a blunder a, just a straight up sports blooper like this in a and while it really was i mean this was brutal so the defender the uh, loyola defender I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up here I'm gonna all right it. you're gonna put it on uh i'm gonna do it yeah so our youtube watchers get to uh get to watch this one as yeah, we uh, was, as we break it, it down was absolutely uh, it was a complete and utter disaster. Uh, yeah, so so this is why this is why you always uh, uh, pressure the keeper. By the way, so so it, it starts with a little pressure from Slu. It looks like a pretty harmless pass back from Loyola's defender, <laughs> and Loyola's keeper is kind of on his heels and stumbles and falls in the most embarrassing way I've seen. And the ball slowly trickles by him into the goal. Uh, 2-1 slew. John Klein gets credit for that. Uh, you know, bless his heart. And and that's all slew. Yeah, I love I love game. his jog and little uh, little hop to get the ball. Just very it's like you know when you like trip in public and you do the little oh and you yeah. do the little run. Yeah. You do yeah. the little jog, like, oh nothing happened, I'm all good. Yeah, that's yep. That's what he did, but after it was over. I mean, just brutal. Absolutely. I mean, sports. Oh, Sports Center not top ten. He dove. He dove head first, like he was in a in a nineteen eighties rain delay at a baseball horrible. game. Just horrible. Yeah. I mean, like that. He's. I can't imagine how many times he's replayed this in his head, and like how many things had to go wrong for that to happen. It, it just looked like a routine pass back. He's gonna settle it. Nope. <laughs> like just every every single thing that could have gone wrong after that did. And and wow. 
I, I just, I, I can't tell you the last time I've seen something like that. I, I think my, I, I really hate to see that from somebody wearing double zero. I got a soft spot for the double zeros out there. <laughs> and you hate to see a double zero uh, have that happen to him. You really do. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, it was reminiscent though of Spain and the Euros. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of actually. Um, it, and this wasn't necessarily a stumble. But um, but it was just it was, feet got feet got tangled. I think this was a semifinal game that Spain ended up winning. Was it quarterfinals or semifinals? And their defender hit it way too hard back to the goalie, and uh, he just he he wasn't quite ready for the the speed at which it was kicked, and and it was an own goal. And Spain wound up winning that game. But that's the first thing I thought of because I was like, just a brutal own goal on a pass back to the keeper. Uh, but this was completely different because the well. A little different in that the goal the, the goalie could have and should have settled this thing and instead yeah. decided to trip over his own feet and the grass if and this, uh, fall on his face. If this offers one group of people any solace at all, it's that George Mason, women's soccer, you can score without registering a shot. <laughs> that's good. That's right, Zach. I mean, that's, you know, if you want to be efficient, <laughs> this is all you need. You just got to pressure the goalie into an own goal. Um, shots on goal were uh, 15, slew to Loyola 6. Of course, the would-be 16th shot that was the goal. Uh, shots on goal, 5-3, to three, Billikens. Fouls were 14-7, to seven, Loyola. Loyola had three yellow cards. Uh, how many points were deducted from Gryffindor for that stumble? <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I think they would have restarted uh, after that, man. I mean, that would have wiped the slate clean. Oh my gosh. Um, Slew is now 4 0 1, as I said, uh, in their last five games. Rhode Island up next on the fifth, Fordham on the eighth. Uh, reminder that Fordham is, is pretty good uh, for uh, comparatively speaking. Uh, Rhode Island, not so much. Uh, they're bringing up the rear in conference, but we'll get into that. Um, by the way, Dayton and Duquesne are both now ranked. Uh, this has to be one of the uh, strongest years for Atlantic 10 soccer, Pete. Yeah, it really does. Dayton's up to number 19 um, in the official the United Soccer Coaches poll. Uh, Duquesne cracked the top 25 at number 24. Um, and, uh, you know, so SLU may be down a little bit from last year, but the rest of the conference looks a little stronger. Um, the Bills don't play Duquesne in the regular season, but they do head to Dayton on October 22nd for the, the soccer Arch Baron Cup. Um, so that'll that'll definitely be one to watch. And then, you know, Duquesne could always be lurking in the um, in the conference tournament, depending on how things shake out. Uh, both of them are 2-0-1 in conference. SLU is 1-0-1. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how things develop. But Dayton is 8-0-1 overall. 7-1-2 is Duquesne's record. LaSalle's in third right now with a record of 2-1. Uh, Fordham, first set of Rams here, 1-0-2. Uh, uh, like I said, SLU's 1-0-1. Uh, just, you know, a couple games in hand on, on or a, a game in hand, I should say, on some of these teams. St. Joe's 1-1-1. UMass has three ties. Um, and then you get into a bunch here. Loyola, George Washington, Davidson, George Mason are all one and two. VCU, uh, zero, zero, and two ties. They still have not won on the year um, and have played a, a brutal schedule. 
Rhode Island zero one and one. Bonaventure, as in the women's standings, zero and three, last place. Oh man, they're brown for a reason. <laughs> uh, Pete, let's move on over to volleyball. Uh, a three zero win, or they they start the this the conference season off. Uh, really nicely. Uh, they're twelve and four overall, and now four and zero in conference. Pete, run us down uh, their their weekend against George Mason. Yeah, two pretty commanding wins here. Three zero, three zero. The first one on Friday, the thirtieth. Twenty five seventeen, twenty five eighteen, twenty five ten. Hankin, Mattingly, and Hill had ten ki- kills apiece in this one. Operly had thirty two assists. Rogers ten digs. Slew had thirteen aces in this one to zero from George Mason. Uh, love to see that. And then it's the next bizarre, hold on. It's bizarre how much stock they put in aces. Like they, like for whatever reason, they're just good at eight, like serving, but nothing else. Like I don't, I don't get this team at all. <laughs> Regardless. I kind of uh, like that stat. No, I, 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 it's, it's nice to see, but I yeah. Just yeah. Uh, 3 3-0 was the win on the next uh, the next day Saturday the first against Mason 25-17 25-23-25-12 this time so technically a little bit closer but more of the same mostly Hill had 14 kills now um, uh, as you said Slew's 12 and 4 overall 4-0 in conference which puts them uh, technically in a three-way tie for first Zach yeah I mean look Again, guys, I, I'm not. I don't root for this team to lose. I just don't care anymore. Like it, it's it, I'm, it's apathy. Uh, like they've played what they played George Mason and who was the first the first one against was Duquesne, Rhode Island, Rhode Island. So look, you played four of the bottom or two of the bottom four in George mm-hmm. Mason and Rhode Island. Um, this conference is not. They've this. It is still possible for this team to, to finish fifth. Like Dayton and VCU are historically the top two teams in this conference. SLU is historically the third in in recent history anyway. Davidson and Loyola Chicago is coming in with a great pedigree out of the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley is a better volleyball conference, and they do extremely well in that conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davidson is looking really good this year. Uh, they've got a coach that's been there forever, which is surprising that they're all of a sudden uh, ten and five overall and four and zero in conference. Uh, but it's it, it, the Slu could very well still finish fifth in this, and that would be their lowest finish in a long, long time. Um, looking ahead, though, like I mentioned, Loyola Chicago will find out Tuesday. That'll be the first big test of the conference season. Uh, George Washington on the 7th and 8th, not such a, a, a big test. Uh, but running down the standings, the Billikens, again, like you said, in a three-way tie for first. Uh, they're 12-4 and four overall, 4-0 four in conference. Davidson sitting at 10-5 and five overall, 4-0 in conference. Uh, Loyola Chicago 10-7 overall, 4-0 in conference. VCU 3-1 and one in conference, 8-8 eight eight overall. Dayton 8-9 and nine overall, 2-2 two two in conference. I've got to look into that. I, I'm sure they played a really tough schedule, but that is not like them at all. Well, there. so they. I, I just looked at this because with VCU in fourth and Dayton in fifth, you would think like, okay, well, they've played each other. You know, that's right. a little cannibalization right there if, if Slew, Davidson, and Loyola are the undefeated teams. But actually, they haven't. 
Um, the, the weird thing is, uh, who am I looking at right now? Dayton beat Fordham twice to open the season and then lost to Davidson 3 0 3 1. I know. Davidson, um, I mean, that's a, that's a shocking. Yeah. Result. And then VCU has not played um, the top few teams yet either. Right. Um, they split with Mason and then beat R- Rhode Island twice, as SLU did. So I do think um, there's also the fact that those teams appear to be down a little bit, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not yeah. quite what they were this year. Um, as you said, they're both kind of floating around 500, not just in the league, but overall. Yeah. I mean, you look at their schedule, Dayton's schedule, Cincinnati, Florida state, those are two very good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona state historically, you know, the Pacific programs have been good. Uh, Georgia tech num- number five, Georgia tech, uh, you know, I mean, Missouri State's decent. Illinois is decent. Uh, Illinois is number 25, in fact. Uh, but then you have losses to Wright State, Wichita State. Uh, I mean, those are okay programs, but, like, you can't lose in your own state, I think, to a smaller school, even if it is a state school. Uh, so it is interesting um, to see. I, I'm Again, I want to look into – you know, their coaching staff, if they did have, make a coaching change, I don't, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's weird. Mark, so, wait, no, that's Tim Horseman. Uh, no, I think this guy's been there. Yeah, this guy's been there for 10 years now. Um, so, as a head coach. So, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, a guy who's been around for a while. Uh, and, 13 years. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well, he's been there as an assistant. Okay. Uh, and then was 10 years as head coach. But, yeah, the, this volleyball uh, season is interesting in the A-10. Definitely different than normal. So we'll see how it goes. If if SLU can do well Tuesday night, I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. Um, so uh, I'll be paying attention to that on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, field hockey, Pete, uh, 3-0 loss at VCU on Friday the 30th. VCU had one goal. In each of the first three quarters, they outshot SLU 16-2, 10-1 on goal. 3-1 loss at Towson on Sunday the 1st. Towson had a goal in each of the second, third, and fourth quarters. SLU scored in the last minute. 21-15 shots for Towson. Goal Shots on goal, 12-6 Towson. Penalty corners, 11-9 Towson. Uh, Friday the 7th will be at Lock Haven, which is actually 8-10 for field hockey. Uh, Pete, run us down the cross country. SLU ran at the Loyola Lakefront Invitational on September 30th. Uh, The men came in fourth pretty good uh, overall. Toby Gillen made his cross-country debut. Uh, Go back and listen to his interview on the pod from a a few months ago. Um, That's what we call synergy, Pete. That's right. He finished with his uh, first ever AK time of 25-19. Good for 15th overall. Uh, So even though he's adjusting to the cross-country thing, I think he's – I think he's got potential over there. Uh, the women finished in ninth, and Carly Sear was their top finisher, coming in 22nd with a time of 22:20. Uh, next up for cross country is the Weiss Crockett Invitational at Oklahoma State on October 15th. Uh, the Weiss Crockett is such an Oklahoma name. Uh, <laughs> swimming sure. and diving followed up on last weekend, which results hadn't been published yet. The women went three two. Men went two and two at the Butler double duels. Say that three times fast. Yeah. Uh, the Billiken women defeated Butler 134-67. Bellarmine 135-66. And Eastern Illinois 
141.60 fell to IUPUI. I think that's just Indiana University at Indianapolis now. Not um, yet. Not it yet. Will, yeah, it will be. 108.93 was the loss, and then the loss to Xavier, 124.77. Uh, Billikens, Billiken men topped EIU, 150-50. Bellarmine, 141.60. Defeated by IUPUI, 111.89. And Xavier, 132-69. Nice. Uh, hosted Bellarmine and Umzel on the first. Uh, men beat Bellarmine, 148-71, and lost Umzel, 123-103. Women defeated Bellarmine, 174-52, and Umzel, 151-75. Next, October 7th at Truman State. Uh, Pete, anything before we get out of here? Yeah, the one thing I want to draw people's attention to, I kind of, I'm always looking ahead at stuff like this. Um, very quietly over time, the um, basketball schedules are starting to populate with uh, game times. So if you're looking for any travel, uh, you know, timing, flights, accommodations, anything like that, um, keep an eye on the schedule. I actually checked in on it two or three times this week, and every time I did, they had additional game times listed. Um, so as those are, are filling out over the course of the year, it's just kind of, I don't know, one more thing for me to kind of get excited about. Um, I always have to line it up with the Xavier basketball schedule because my wife has season tickets. And um, if there's a Xavier home game that co coincides with a slew game, it's usually bad news for me because I'm at home juggling two kids trying to figure out how to get them to bed while watching a slew game. Um, but anyway, that's just that's purely selfish reasons. Uh, for everybody else, I know, um, you know, just just go check the game times as they're coming out and uh, hopefully schedules work out uh, favorably this year. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm hoping you're able to make it into St. Louis. We can get a, a, a live uh, another live episode like we did last year, perhaps. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I don't I mean, I don't know yet what weekends are, are in play. And uh, Thanksgiving might look like one where we're in St. Louis and we know they're going to be down in Auburn um that we'll, weekend we'll we'll get a photographer to do some uh some professional glamour shots for the pod there we go <laughs> get uh we'll we'll head out to that serious portrait studio a hand on your shoulder <laughs> oh, a couple of turtlenecks <laughs> and then like in the background like a, a ghosted version of each of us <laughs> look looking to the side <laughs> we'll do a, a christian rock band cover art just looking <laughs> off into the distance. Oh no! But uh, it's it's in the, it's at the dolphin pond. We're standing in the dolphin pond. Oh, that'd be but amazing! Oh god! Actually, yeah, but but it's got to be like airbrushed in a way that it's like we're not there necessarily. Yes, okay. I love it. All right. Well, well, that wraps up the week that was in Billiken Athletics. Uh, follow us on all social media: uh, Twitter at Midtown Mad Pod at Peter is a tweeter at Zach Miller MMP and on Instagram at Midtown Mad Pod. Uh, we, of course, appreciate any and all suggestions. Our DMs are always open, so feel free to reach out to us. Uh, please go subscribe to the show. Uh, if you haven't left a review, do that as well. Uh, five stars, please. Uh, and, and, you know, drop five stars if you got some criticism or constructive criticism to, to drop. Do that, too. Uh, as always, Pete, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.